afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today. We have a wonderful, wonderful show in store for you with an amazing guest, another fellow member of the Evolutionary Business Council. And you guys know when I bring one of them on, it's always a good show. All right, so let's get started with our quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham. Let's see what the universe and Abraham have in store for us today. First, from the universe. All is well. You don't have to like or love everything or everyone. Injustices and villains always abound during primitive times. You knew this would be true before you chose this life just as you knew that the good and the beauty would far exceed the bad and the ugly. Life is beautiful, the universe. Ah, we love our quotes from Mike Dooley and the universe. Uh, I I think uh, trying to remind us that, uh, that, you know, we don't have to love everything. We don't have to like everything. We don't have to, you know, be so, uh, oh, everything is wonderful all the time. Look, life is not wonderful all the time. If it was wonderful all the time, it would probably be boring. Um, and I think, though, uh, what uh, the universe is trying to chide us on is that on a soul level, on a spiritual level, on a level that goes beyond our conscious understanding, we knew what we were getting ourselves into. Uh, You guys have heard me say it before. I'm a big believer that we actually pick our parents and we pick our family when we incarnate um, because this just happens to be the perfect situation for us, uh, for us to learn the lessons that we wanted to learn this lifetime. So, we knew exactly what we were getting ourselves in for this time around. And uh, we shouldn't let the, the villains, we shouldn't let the ugly side of life bring us down. It's not always pleasant to deal with. It's not always easy to keep our, our spirits up when we are being stressed out and having difficult people to deal with. However, we can. Um, And sometimes all it takes is a step back, take a breath, and just remember we chose this life. It was all a choice. So I I, I kind of feel like when I remember that everything is a choice, I feel more empowered. And somehow when I feel more empowered, then I don't know. It's just a little bit easier to get through the day. All right. Let's see what Abraham has in store for us today. It is a good idea for you to consider how much of your source energy are you allowing to flow here and now. In this conversation, in this contemplation, or in this evaluation. Abraham. Ah, we love our quotes from Abraham. So in this case, Abraham is talking about being conscious of how much are we allowing in any given moment. And again, Abraham is, uh, always talks about this idea of, you know, um, that we are naturally happy, joyful, ecstatic beings. And it an, takes an active um, act, an active thing to, to, to not be joyful. It, and, and 
active, active resistance. And so here, I think Abraham's kind of looking at the other side of the equation saying, you know, whenever you're engaged in something, how much are you allowing the good stuff to come through in that moment? Whether that moment is a podcast or a radio show or uh, a conversation with a friend or an argument or, you know, you're having difficulty with your boss or a coworker or your spouse or your children or your parents or whoever. It doesn't matter. In the moment, in that moment, how much of your true essence are you allowing to shine through? And the reason why this is important to keep in mind is because when we allow more of ourselves, more of our authentic, aligned selves to sort of shine through, it's amazing how those quote-unquote difficult people, difficult situations, difficult things we're dealing with somehow aren't quite as difficult anymore. And not only that, but they start responding to us differently. And for me, this was really highlighted uh, in a strong way with my relationship with my mom. And there was that that moment in life when it switched from me, you know, making it all about me to realizing she's another human being and actually showing concern for her and not blaming her for, you know, how she is or what she did and how she's not good enough and why does she do this and why does she do that, but just genuine human concern. she okay? What happened? Did she get lost? And the moment that that switch got flipped, our whole relationship changed. The, 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 she stopped kind of, telling me what to do and I stop trying to tell her what to do and and it's just amazing how when we show up differently the people around us respond to us differently so I'm a big big believer that when we think about how much of our source energy how much of our true self how much of our spirit our soul our heart that we're allowing through you know, it kind of can give us a gauge. And if we could say, well, you know, I'm really angry right now, so not much of it's shining through. That's okay. Just be aware of it. Then maybe take a few breaths. And then if you can, just let a little teeny, teeny bit more of it through. And I think when we lean into allowing more of our spirit and our soul to shine through, then things can shift dramatically. It doesn't have to be a big shift on our part, but it'll end up being a big shift in the situation. So, two wonderful, amazing, and very apropos quotes of the day from Mike Dooley in the Universe and from Abraham. And uh, I, I think my guest will will kind of agree that they're uh, perfect for her. And and the reason why is because I, I, I absolutely know and love this woman because Deborah Poneman for over 35 years has been a best-selling international author and founder of Yes to Success Seminars. And she has shared her success system now used by tens of thousands of people in every corner of the globe to create lives of not only success and abundance, but deep and profound happiness, self-love, and lasting 
lasting inner fulfillment. Known as the mentor to the mentors, Deborah's students have used her teachings to become mega successful entrepreneurs, renowned transformational leaders, New York Times bestselling authors, millionaires, billionaires, even household names. And I bet you know some of them. But Deborah's greatest gift is her deep belief in each person's magnificence and her ability to convey that belief to activate in her audience members and clients profound and lasting inner and outer transformation. And it is my extreme joy to welcome her to the Conscious Consultant Hour. How are you doing today, Deb? I loved your introduction. Oh. It was so great. I've already taken a bunch of notes. Oh, wow. Abraham, Mike Dooley, your insight about your mom. <laughs> it says, hey, you know, we can end now. And I think people's lives have been really enriched already. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You guys see why I love this woman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. You know, as yeah. Thomas, Sir Thomas More says, I flatter not. I only say the truth, and that is the truth. It was awesome. Oh, thank you, darling. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And I, and I do know. I do know you're not flattering me. I do know that you mean it. And, and it means all that much more for me. And, and, and tell me the truth. Don't you think those are very apropos quotes for what we're going to talk about today? Absolutely. Well, I love my Dooley. I love Abraham. I've actually been listening to Abraham since, let's see, 1986 something, oh, maybe wow. even 70-something, when they first came out, Esther and Jerry Hicks, uh-huh. Rock My World, oh, Rock wow. My World, that, um, you know, it's, it's just that idea that what you have to do is you have to create a current of good, and you can mm. create that current of good by your thoughts, and if you create a current of good by looking for the good, by having gratitude, by mm. loving what is, yeah. it then what happens is eventually that current of good begins to sweep you along without even uh, stopping to think what is good about this situation. And, I mean, they're really the original law of attraction gurus. And, Mm -hmm. and of course, Mike Dooley is an icon and Mm -hmm. an angel of a person. So, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. So so I I always like to to start off and kind of give the audience a little bit of background about the guest. So, I mean, you've already kind of hinted, like you've been into this stuff for a long, long time. What kind of put you on your, uh, I don't know, I say spiritual path or what kind of put you on your path of this uh, idea of, of, of personal transformation? Okay, well, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version, although I don't know if your audience is younger. They might not even know what Cliff Notes are, but you know, you and I use them. Yes, and Monarch <laughs> Notes, yes. <laughs> or Spark Notes. I think my kids use Spark Notes. But Spark, okay. Basically, what happened was um, I was a child of the 60s and the 70s, and I started meditating in the 70s, and I was it was Transcendental Meditation, mm-hmm. and it changed my life so dramatically that I decided to become a TM teacher. Uh, and for the decade of the 70s, don't go calculating how old I am. I know how old I am. <laughs> but, <laughs> but in the 70s, I became a TM teacher. And uh, um, I also was one of the original administrators at Maharishi International University in oh. Fairfield, Iowa. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, was the beginning of my spiritual path. I've actually taught thousands of people meditation. I've, I've taught in many, many cities. 
But what happened was at the end of the 70s, 1979, I remembered it distinctly. I woke up one morning and I realized that woman does not live by mantra alone. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very fancy mantra and it really enhances your life. But you also need car insurance. And yeah. you also need health insurance. And, and actually, it would have been nice to have a car to insure. But yeah. I worked for a nonprofit and we didn't get paid very much. So I decided that I was going to go to where I was going to make a lot of money, which was not Fairfield, Iowa, where I was living at the time, although since it's become a very booming economic force, uh, definitely in Iowa and really in the U.S. But at that time, I couldn't live on a nonprofit salary. So I thought, okay, where do people make money? Well, it's New York or L.A. L.A. is warmer, so I'm going to go to L.A., and I'm going to make a lot of money being an investment salesperson. Uh. And I went, and I was a dismal failure because it just so wasn't me. I didn't know about, you know, learning about what your passion is and doing what you love. I just wanted to make a lot of money so I could support my love, which is teaching meditation. Mm -hmm. But you know that expression, um, you make plans and God laughs. Well, God had a big laugh about me going to L.A. to make a lot of money. However... We seldom do what we do for the reason we think we're doing it. Yes. And I thought I was going to LA to make money, but one day I was at a seminar. I thought I was going to be on how I can be a better uh, investment salesperson, but I walked in and it was on the law of attraction. And this was oh, 1980. Wow. And the guy was talking about how when you're always talking about how poor you are and you don't, and you're worried about money and you're expressing that, you become a tuning fork for lack of money. Mm-hmm. But even what, no matter what your financial situation is, if you talk about a vision of the future where there's going to be prosperity and you're going to have your dreams come true, you vibrate with that and you attract it to you, just like right. what Abraham says. Right. And I was so blown away by this lecture that I went to at the Learning Annex that um, oh, I actually guess. went home that, that, that night and I thought, I want to do something like this, but I didn't know what it was. And I woke up in the morning and I thought, I'm going to start a seminar company where I teach the law of attraction, but I teach it not in the way that the ancient masters like Napoleon mm-hmm. Hill and Emmett Fox and Florence Shin and, um, and Catherine Ponder. I'm, I'm going to put it into modern language so mm-hmm. that our contemporaries could embrace these ideas that your thoughts create your reality. And uh, yes, the success was born, and you know the rest. Within a few years, it was being taught um, in seven countries on four continents, and that was decades before the Internet made international communication instantaneous. And um, and it just grew and grew, and um, like I say, the rest is history. It became an international phenomenon. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, let's hold it. That was a good answer. Don't worry. That was a good answer. So let's hold it there for a minute. We're going to take our first break. And when we come back, um, let's just talk a little bit about maybe, you know, uh, uh, kind of how things developed over the years for you, because you've been in this so long and sort of the changes that you've seen over the years in this sort of transformational space. Okay. 
fabulous. Wonderful. Oh, and a quick shout out before we go to break to our Facebook Live viewers. Patty, William, Mark, Maria, good to see you all. And we're actually doing something special today. Um, I'm streaming onto my YouTube channel at the same time we're streaming to Facebook. So we'll see how it works out. So if you search for me, Sam Liebowitz, or The Conscious Consultant on YouTube, you should be able to find the live stream there as well. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour is Deborah Poneman, and we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, The Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Who do you want to connect with? Are you an entrepreneur or intrapreneur looking to build your following? Welcome to our show. Follow Me Friday with Joan and Priya. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern on talkradio.nyc. We're, We're your digital, digital connectors. connectors. Woo! Woo! What's that? <laughs> Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. We're speaking with Deborah Poneman, founder of the Yes to Success Seminars and all-around amazing human being. Um, so, Deb, like once you got started and you started your seminar company back in the 80s and it took off like wildfire, I mean, you had some people who kind of went through your course who became really super successful. I don't know if you're allowed to like say their names or not. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to say their names. And, and actually, I was thinking during the break that I told the story that I would love to share with people the few main principles that I lived by in order to have that very quick, phenomenal success. And yes, I mean, um, Marty Shymoff, who wrote mm-hmm. Chicken Soup for the Woman's Soul and Chicken Soup for the Mother's Soul. And actually, she's the uh, number one nonfiction female writer of all time. She's told tens of millions of books, and she was one of my students. She was actually my secretary. She came to one of my seminars and said, can I work for you? And she quit graduate school to uh, be my secretary assistant. We called them secretaries back in the 80s. And um, she went on to have phenomenal success. Janet Atwood, who's the founder of The Passion Test, was actually worked for me, and she took my seminar after she could work for me, and she became my first seminar leader. She I trained her, and she went out and, and started teaching my seminars. Deepak Chopra took my seminar at least two or three times, and then the fourth time he 
had me fly out to Boston where he lived and give give a seminar to his extended family. So wow. um, Steve Farber, we know Steve Farber, Extreme yeah. Leadership. He was uh, one of my students. Phil Towns, number one New York Times best-selling author of wow. Rule Number One, was one of my students back in the 80s. So yeah, a lot of people took these principles and created phenomenal success. Awesome, awesome. And and do you feel like what you're teaching today? Because I know you took like a bunch of time off to raise a family, and now you you've come back and you're back into the swing of things. But ha, do you feel like the exact same principles that you taught in the '80s and '90s are still just as relevant today? Absolutely, a hundred percent. As a matter of fact, my criteria for what I teach. I don't teach anything that isn't timeless. I don't teach anything that if somebody uh, listened to me or listened to my, I was going to say cassette tape, yeah. they were cassette tapes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I remember. Now they're not cassette tapes anymore. That they wouldn't even know that I had been teaching these same principles in the 80s. Like, for example, mm-hmm. okay, I'll give you an example. Yes, you asked how I started. Well, I believe that Ideas come to us because they need to be manifested through us. You're you're very um, conscious. You believe that there's a higher force at work, and mm-hmm. I believe yes. that an idea is whispered into your ear by the Creator because the Creator needs that thing manifested in the world at this time. And that's why we all have different ideas. You have the idea for this amazing radio show. I didn't. But I had the idea to teach success because I believe that, I love the expression, God has no hands but yours. The Creator Uh, can't come down and start a radio show to help awaken humanity. So God whispered that in your ear. And the truth is, is that every job needs to be done. So one person gets whispered in their ear, become an actuary. Another one gets whispered in their ear, become a forest ranger. Mm. And someone gets whispered in their ear, to uh, write a book on chicken soup, right? Right. Yeah. And here's the thing. If you don't act on it, because it needs to be manifested in the creation at this time for creation to work, the creator's going to have to whisper it into someone else's ear. And that's why we see so many people saying, that was my idea. I had that idea. Yes. You even got first dibs, but you didn't act on it. And it needed to be created at this time. So I knew... Even though I was 28 years old when I had this idea, I was broke. Mm-hmm. I drove a beat-up Chevy Bel Air that my aunt mm-hmm. had left me when she died. But wow. another principle, don't wait until everything is perfectly in right. place because we live in a relative universe. And there's never going to be a time where everything is perfectly in place. There's always going to be loose ends. But if you have that whisper in your ear, you're the one that's supposed to manifest it. So broke, 28 years old, I just put up my shingle at the Santa Monica Public Library, and I gave my first lecture, by the way, standing room only, because when you have that idea, it's because the energy of the universe is behind you, and um, and then it went from there. So one of the uh, principles that I teach is don't wait until you think you're ready. If you get it whispered in your ear, it's because the, the universe or God has chosen you as a worthy vehicle. And can I share one other principle of success that I lived by? Uh, okay, one other. No, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> one other. Okay. And that is, don't go around telling everybody what you're going to do. What is sacred uh, should be kept secret. 
Okay. Oh, Every okay. time you tell somebody what you're going to do, it's less likely you're going to do it because it's like letting the steam out of the kettle. And also, ah. what's going to happen is you're going to bump up against the discouragement committee. You know, you mentioned your mom. Right. That was, you know, right. usually the discouragement committee is our spouses, our moms. Mm-hmm. You know, they tell us all the reasons why we should be practical and why our idea isn't going to work. So don't share your idea when it could be easily crushed when it's a tiny seed. Wait until you've taken steps towards this manifestation, and then when it's, when it's a strong little plant, then it's not going to be as easily trampled on. So your sacred ideas, only share them with people who you have to because maybe you, you need a loan or maybe you need some, you have to have a very good reason. Mm-hmm. But don't go casting your brilliant ideas to the wind because there are a lot of things that can go wrong when you do, including right. bumping right. up against the discouragement committee yes. and they can douse your flame before it even becomes a big fire. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's something I've... It's a principle I've heard before from other people as well, but it's like you get the idea, you work on it, you don't, you only, only tell the people you know are going to be supportive of it, and and who who are going to support you, encourage you to, for you to move forward, and yeah, never wait for the perfect time because everything is perfect. So if it came to you now, then it's the perfect time for you to work on it, right? Exactly. Well said. All right. So over the years, I'm curious. Have there been any big lessons for you, like after you achieve this great success that you have? Because sometimes I feel people think that, like, oh, once I'm successful, I won't make any mistakes. Things will be great. Everything will be wonderful. But that's not usually the case, is it? So, huh. Oh, I've never made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is, is that the most successful people have made the most most mistakes Absolutely. and I'll tell you something else people always so you know my story my my seminar company became huge it was mm-hmm. all over the world I was about to have my own daytime TV talk show I my book uh, yes the success book was in the hands of a fabulous agent who was shopping it in New York had some interest and then as you mentioned when I um, gave birth to my daughter in 1988 I took one look at her and I thought okay new passion And because I went around the world with all the verb of an evangelical minister telling people that you have to follow your heart, that your heart will never lead you astray. And if you follow your heart instead of your mind, what's going to happen is that it might look like you're going in the opposite direction of your goals, but I promise you, you will arrive there. In my heart, I wanted to be home with my baby girl. But... I also knew that I was meant to be a speaker, and as you just said, even if I gave it up, which I did for 21 years, to be home with my daughter and then my son, uh, who was born three years later, my dharma, you know, that's the Sanskrit word for what you were put on earth to do, was not going to go away. But I'll tell you one of the reasons why why I was able to be so successful right out of the chute, and after 21 years of being at home, is another principle that I teach, a timeless principle, and that is you absolutely need to treat everybody as the most important person in the world. You know, Sam, we talked about this. Have you ever been in a situation where you're talking to somebody and they're looking around the room to see if there's somebody more important to talk to? Ever happened to you? Yep, absolutely. (laughs) Me too. And 
that is like the exact wrong thing to do because that person in front of you has a gift for you. So the gift you give them is your full attention because you never know. Right. And when, for example, Marcy Shymoff came up to me at one of my seminars, she was just this bright-eyed, bushy-tailed little 20-year-old. Maybe she was 21. And she said, I want to work for you. I want to work for you. She was literally jumping up and down. <laughs> and I didn't think, come on, here's this little girl. She's adorable, five feet tall. <laughs> and said, I'm going to give you all kinds of ideas. I'm really good at this. I didn't dismiss her. I gave her my full attention. I treated uh, her like the piece of God that she was. You know, Gandhi says, if you can't see God in the next person you meet, you need look no further. So I see God in everybody, and that's what I teach people. And then, 21 years later, when I was ready to come back out, Marcy says to me, hey, you want to teach this with me? I have this idea for this program called Your Year of Miracles. There's nobody I want to teach it with more than you. And... We started this program together, and we we grossed over a million dollars in our first year, and it wow. went up from there. Wow. And we were together for five years, and I just recently retired, although Year of Miracles is still going strong. It's, the, I believe, one of the most powerful, beautiful, um, life-changing program um, programs uh, out there. Um, I just, it was time for me to move on, and, yeah. um, but anyway, so... One of the reasons why I was able to come back with a bang in Janet, too, when Janet, she remembered that I gave her a platform to be my first trainer, mm, you know, 21 years right, before. Right. You think she forgot that? No. no when no. I came back out, boom, she had me on some of the biggest stages in the world. I just got back from Japan where she got me on a big wow, stage. Dear. No drop of human kindness is ever wasted. Right. You, just because somebody has funny glasses or an ill-fitting suit or a lopsided smile does not mean that they're not the most important person in the world and you have no idea who that person is in front of you or who they're going to be 5, 10, 20 years from now. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You don't know. You have no idea what seeds you're planting that will sprout into huge trees in the future. That's right. Okay. So time for us to take another break. Uh, when we come back, uh, you've actually learned a bit from your kids, haven't you? <laughs> yes, I have. All right. So when we come back, we're going to talk about what 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 uh, Deborah has learned from her children and how uh, maybe uh, taking that time off to be a full time mom wasn't necessarily such a bad idea after all. Okay, everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon Eastern to 1 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and on Facebook Live. And we will be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m. we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you like comic books and movies? How about TV and pop culture? Then you've come to the right place. 
Hi, I'm Michael Dolce, host of Secrets of the Sire. Joined every week by my co-host, Hassan, Lord of the Radio Godwin. Together, we have over 15 years' experience creating graphic novels, screenplays, and more. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Weakening Humanity. We're speaking with Deborah Poneman, mentor of millionaire and billionaire mentors. Um, so, Deb, you, 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 you were very, very successful. You took this time off uh, to really follow your heart, to be with your daughter and your son. And, and now you've come back out. And, and, and now you're also talking about how, you know, we can even learn from our children, can't we? That, you know, sometimes we think, you know... Uh, mama knows best, daddy, daddy knows best, but uh, sometimes our kids are pretty smart too, huh? <laughs> I think that our kids are our teachers. I always say I, I learned a lot from Napoleon Hill and Wallace Waddles and and um, Mike Dooley, right? Yeah. And, and um, but what I've learned the most uh, is definitely from those two teachers who uh, call me mom. Yeah. So, so um, you like to tell the story. I thought it's pretty cool that, that your son uh, taught you a secret at the, when he was just 14 years old that uh, yeah. help, helped change what you're yeah. doing. Why, why, why don't you tell our audience that story? Actually, I'm going to tell you that, but something just popped in my mind because ah. I remembered last time we were together and I was speaking at the BBC and at the Evolutionary Business Council gathering, and you were too. You were absolutely brilliant. I learned Thank so you. much from you. And um, But one thing that I did, I talked about my son, but I'm going to tell you one quick story about my daughter, ah, okay, who is cool. a fabulously successful chiropractor in, um, outside of Seattle. And Wonderful. I'm going to tell you a story that you've never heard before, and then I'll tell you about my son. Ah, okay, but, great. Um, Exclusive content daughter, here. When she was uh, about 21 years old, she was a personal stylist at Nordstrom. Uh-huh. And actually, she was the youngest personal stylist in the history of Nordstrom, Michigan Avenue, and she was really good at it. And one day she says to me, by the way, Mom, just out of blue, she says, by the way, Mom, I know you're disappointed in me that I'm not out saving the starving children or teaching meditation or <laughs> joining the Peace Corps, and I'm just a stylist. Oh, my God. To which, of course, I replied, oh, Diana, you are so wrong. I'm totally proud of you. But my daughter is like a no BS kind of a girl. She would uh-huh. have none of it. Uh-huh. And she said, okay, mom, I'll let you live your delusion. <laughs> <laughs> but I hear how you apologize to your friends when you tell them I'm a stylist. And then she said uh-huh. to me, but I want you to know, mom, that when I bring someone into my styling room who has thought for her entire life that she was unattractive or even ugly, mm-hmm. and I pick out the right clothes, and the right jewelry, and I hold up her hair, 
and she turns around and she looks in the mirror and she sees herself beautiful for the first time. The tears roll down her cheeks. I change just as many lives as you do. Mm. Mm. And the lesson that I got from that, boom, it's like everyone's work is important work. Yes. And we all need each other to survive. Yeah. And we all change lives in our own way. Yeah. It either is very obvious or we support other people who are out obviously changing lives. But the bottom line is that, as I said before, everyone deserves our respect. Yes. And I just, I loved that lesson that I got from my daughter. And uh, when I tell that story when I'm on the road, it's speaking engagements and corporations and organizations. People come up to me all the time in tears saying, what you just said changed my life. One woman said, I have a son who's a doctor and a daughter who's a lawyer and a daughter who's a hairstylist. And I've always mm. treated her like the second-class citizen. Yeah. And she was like literally sobbing. She said, now I realize that every day of her life, she changes lives. Right. So, again, every what I learned from my daughter, again, that everyone deserves our respect. Absolutely. And, um, and my son, okay, so here's right. a story about my son. Um, as you said, when he was 14, he loved, well, he was born loving basketball. <laughs> and um, he, uh, we lived in an area, a town called Evanston, Illinois, and um, he was, uh, he may be 18 uh, in Evanston High School, but he was probably the only white kid or maybe one of the only white kids on the team. And mm-hmm. white uh, boys decidedly cannot jump, <laughs> especially Jewish white boys, you know, <laughs> like basketball player, Jewish, but it's kind of an oxymoron. Anyway, right. <laughs> but he loved basketball, and um, he's on the A-team, never got off the bench, but uh, he would go to all of the games, and he noticed yeah. that he had an eye for talent, mm. and they'd go into the city, and he would be able to pick out who was going to be drafted by a good college and who would even possibly go into the leagues one day. And he started a website called Illinois HS, HighSchoolBasketball.com, and very soon he was known as the go-to scout in the Chicagoland area. And big coaches, Bill Carmody, Bruce Weber, wow. you know, the coach from Harvard, they'd be calling him and, and asking him, do you have a small forward? Do you have a point guard? Do you have... And um, when he was 16, the, uh, what's it called, Sports Illustrated did a full-page article on him. He was on Comcast Sports Network. He was featured on CNN. He was featured on ABC, NBC. The problem was that he wasn't making any money. He was going around, and he was making videos of kids, mostly in the hood, and he would send them out to colleges, and right. he was helping kids get college scholarships. And I would say to him, Daniel, honey, it's great, but you're spending 30 hours a week doing this. you got to make some money. And he would say to me, Mom, be patient. I'm building relationship capital. <laughs> I'm like, okay, relationship capital, great term. Yeah. And I would surrender. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he had this thought one time, I think he was maybe 16 or 17, that he was moving too slowly. And the only, in the Division One kids, you know, the Derrick Roses, of the world don't need him, but the Division II kids, the, the kids who aren't top players uh, but could maybe go to junior college or, you know, a lesser-known college, not, right. you know, Gonzaga or not University of Illinois, he realized that those kids were getting overlooked in the hood, 
And what he decided that he saw that the only way that they could be seen by college coaches is by being in, being in an exposure league or being in a showcase that they were all $150, $250 to be in. So he started a nonprofit when he was 16 or 17 wow. where he would put on free showcases, invite college coaches from all over the country to watch these kids play. And uh, now his uh, showcases grew from this first one was 30 kids and 10 coaches. The last mm-hmm. one was 350 kids and 120 coaches. And in the last wow. uh, nine years, he's generated over $70 million in college scholarships for the kids wow. on the south and west sides of Chicago. Wow. And <laughs> as he was, and it's funny because as he was getting more and more of these kids' scholarships, and he said to me, Mom, you know, you donate to all of these different uh, nonprofits. He mm-hmm. said, if you support me, you can see where your money is going. You can see the impact. And, and, and then my friend would say to me, why is he still at home? Why is he sleeping on your couch? And I'd say to my friend, he's building relationships. <laughs> <laughs> and the bottom line is now he's an NBA agent. He just started his own sports management firm called BAM, Beyond Athlete Management. Um, Jeff Soros of the mm-hmm. George Soros family um, is his investor to the tune of millions wow. of dollars. And he's uh, Evan Turner supports his showcases now for the Portland Trail Blazers. Evan Turner also, also sends his private jet to pick Daniel up to fly him out to a game because he wants him to watch him play the Golden State Warriors. Wow. And um, let me tell you, this guy's got some relationship capital going on. <laughs> he made a movie about what it's like growing up in the hood and basketball, basketball is the only way out. It was bought by Fox Sports because of all of the relationship capital that he built. Wow. And that is what I learned from my son. Wow. Wow. That's quite a lesson of like, you know, sometimes we're such in a rush of, of, oh, we've got to be grounded, we've got to pay the bills, and we do have to That's pay right. the bills. But at the same time, you know, when we can see the future, when we can see how we're, we're being farmers, not hunters, right? Hunters got to go out and, and they eat what they kill that day, but a farmer plants seeds that may not mm. sprout for years. A, a dear friend of mine, Cynthia, teaches about social capital, and, and she always uses the comparison of like being... Uh, a hunter compared to an asparagus farmer because she says you know asparagus you plant it and first year nothing comes up second year nothing comes up third year you go to that farmer say hey how's it going with that asparagus farm they say oh pretty good i'm about two hundred fifty thousand dollars in the hole but any day now it's going to sprout and then what happens after the third year it sprouts and it keeps sprouting for the next 12 years. And it is one of the most lucrative crops out there, but so few farmers plant it because it takes so long for it to initially sprout. What a great analogy. I love that. I mean, that's to borrow it from your friend. Yes. And that's exactly it. Related. And I have to say, I was, I say, Daniel, because it was not only costing him money, it was costing me money because he was using my car or... (laughs) He actually started doing his scouting before he even had his driver's license. So I would have to drive him. Uh, and my husband would have to drive him into the hood to mm-hmm. these games so that he can make videos and send them out to college coaches. But 
he was definitely building relationships. Captain, I'll tell you something else. He actually started keeping track of all of the money that I um, uh, lent him, and, and um, I didn't even know that he did. And he recently paid me back in one large lump sum because wow. he's doing so well. Wow. Relationship that, capital. Now that that shows real <laughs> character. I have to tell you because I don't know how many kids like borrow stuff from their parents and they never return the money, whatever, they never take the account. The fact that he kept track of all of that and gave it back to you, I mean, that shows real character of him. Yes, and I didn't, I didn't even know he was keeping track. You know, I'd written right. it off. I was happy to support him. Of course, him, you're his mom. Yeah, right? absolutely. And absolutely. it was just, and I said, Daniel, are you sure? He said, Mom, absolutely. And he's, 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 a, he's, a, he's a mensch. My daughter is, too. They're really, really, really good kids. And I have to tell you, I also had a son, a foster son, not legally in the system, but a kid that came and lived with us when he was uh, 15. And same thing. He, you know, I got him a car and this and that and just paid me back. I think, wow. Because, oh. again, I wasn't keeping track. Right. But it's character and also right. it's good karma. Right. You know? Right. And it's opening the floodgates of abundance for them, all my three kids, my, my son, Kiwan, he, he, he's a truck driver, and he gets long haul, and he is he's thriving, wow, making wonderful. lots of money, and I do believe that it's because he's so responsible, and, he, and also this whole scene here this morning of not forgetting your roots. Right. It's like Marcy Shymoff didn't forget me, right. Emmett Atwood didn't forget me, Steve right. Farber, Extreme right. Leadership didn't forget me, I was just spoke on his stage next next to uh edmund graham just this last wow. weekend so um you know amazing okay so hold that day, there's an expression no good what's that saying like no good deed the, ever goes um on rewarded or whatever we uh, don't do it to get rewarded right but the reward is is the bonus it's, right. it's beautiful wonderful so hold that thought we have to take our last break of the show and when we come back, uh, I would like you to dispel some myths of like, uh, you know, in this kind of uh, personal development, self-help world, there are certain myths out there that maybe that um, people don't really, uh, uh, people follow, but uh, don't really work. So, so let's like leave our audience with some good tips on what not to do. Okay. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. And welcome to the Facebook Live, Daniel Ashok. Uh, Stan and Franklin, thank you for joining us. And of course, if anyone's listening on the Facebook Live, if you have any questions or comments, please type them in the video in the comment section of the video, and I'll make sure to ask Deborah. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Best designs for your life start at home. I'm David Thiergartner, interior designer and host of At Home. Listen live Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as we talk to the very best professionals about interior design and the design that's all around us right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? 
I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. TalkingAlternative.com Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We've, we've been speaking this hour to Deborah Poneman, mentor to mentors, coach of coaches, and all-around amazing uh, uh, a woman and su- very successful entrepreneur. Um, so, Deborah, over the years, you, you've noticed some things that are being taught out there um, that people are telling other people to do to be successful that don't necessarily work, do they? <laughs> Well, actually, one of the things that um, people do that I, I already mentioned it, and that is um, they tell people that you should tell as many people about your idea as possible because they're going to hold you accountable. Right. And this idea of a, somebody holding you accountable, I think it's a little bit not so accurate. I mean... You're the only one who can really hold you accountable. Absolutely. How many times have you said to Fred, though, hold me accountable for this? You never hear from them again because they're too busy, right. you know, telling everybody else what they're going to do and then not doing it to hold right. you accountable. So what you have to do is you have to realize that you're the only one that is going to hold your own feet to the fire. Right. And um, and also when we say to somebody, you got to hold me accountable. It's like the onus is off of you. You could kind of let go. And then when they come to you, hey, did you do that? Then you have an excuse for it. So what I say is just make sure. And and here's another thing. I love when people talk about fear. You know, it's the fear holding you back, which I think is just a really incredible excuse. And remember when we were at our EDC, I loved... um, Teresa Broblog, who's one of my heroes, yes. when she said, if you don't do something every day that scares you, right. <laughs> then you're not thinking big enough. Right. And I right. love that. Yeah. Do something every day that scares you. You know, there's also this um, idea of a tikkun. I don't know if you've heard this in Kabbalah. They talk about yes. that we're each born into this lifetime with certain tikkuns, and it means things we need to repair in this lifetime. And everybody, if you think about it, some people are scared of the truth. Some people are, um, they're too, they feel that they're too shy. Some people exaggerate. Some people are always late. Some people have problems with money. It just slips through their fingers. Those are your tikkuns. Those are the things that you are supposed to face. Right. And if you have that tikkun in front of you, mine is speaking my truth, speaking out because 
I'm so afraid that I might cause disharmony. God forbid I cause disharmony. And it's not that I'm so worried about causing disharmony. I'm afraid of the discomfort that I'm going to have to feel if I cause disharmony. But that's my cocoon. Right, and if you right. face your cocoon, on the other side is where all your success lies. And it's outside of your comfort zone. I know that. Right. You face it. Now your comfort zone is bigger. Right. Then that right. becomes easy. And one of the things that I want to say is, and I, I, I love the words um, that uh, Lisa Nichols uses, you know, no uh, matter what she says, yeah. um, you will be afraid, but it's not because it's the wrong dream. You're afraid because it's the right dream. Mm. And this is where most people get stopped. But your dreams have to be bigger than you. You have to leave the world a better place because you lived here. And if you think, I can't do this, you're right. But you're not doing it. There's a higher power that's working through you. And if that dream burns in your heart, it's because you're supposed to move on it. So move quickly enough to keep your momentum going, but slowly enough to always hear that guidance of your inner voice. Don't be running around like a chicken with your head cut off. Stop if you're running around like that. Take some deep belly breath and just say, what would you like me to do next? Of course, the miracles, it says, what would you like me to do? Where would you like me to go? Who would you like, or uh, what would you like me to say and to whom? So you can ask those questions, but you can't remember them when you're running around like a chicken with the head cut off. You yeah, know, slow yeah. down. Right. Take some breath. Absolutely. And then ask those Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And and I, I agree with you. That was also my favorite quote. Uh, I think of the, the retreat that Teresa said, you know, if you're not scaring yourself mm-hmm. on a daily basis, you're just not thinking big enough. And and yeah, I'm, I'm curious now, you know, you, you've been doing this stuff for so long. These principles are so much in every fiber of your being. What challenges you these days? Well, I'll tell you the, ch- the challenge. When I started teaching these principles, like the law of attraction in your mind creates your reality, uh, back in 1980, the only people who were teaching them were the great masters, like Napoleon right. Hill and Earl Nightingale and Wallace Waddles. And when I came back out on the other end, um, there were people teaching the law of attraction. I mean, the secret had already come out, and right. some of my students were in the secret, and and um, my students have been on Oprah, and mm-hmm. I hear them sharing the principles that they learned from me, and I'm happy because I want the world to hear them. Right. Uh, I remember one time I was um, watching Oprah, and one of my students was showing uh, Oprah this um, exercise that I had Cognize one time in meditation about how you show the power of your mind, how you can prove that your mind can actually move matter. And Oprah was absolutely flipping out, like, oh, my God, this is so crazy. I'm going to teach this to my whole staff. And people say to me, you know, oh, you must have been so angry. And I said, no, I was happy that the world saw the proof that our mind creates a reality. Sure, I had doubts when he was on Oprah and I was made deep and dirty diapers. (laughs) Right? But the truth is, here's the truth. Here's the truth. When I came out, I thought, okay, there are people teaching this on every street corner. What am I going to do? This is my knowledge. But the truth is, is that don't worry that there are people out there doing the same thing as you. 
They're not you. Right. There are people who incarnated right. because you are their teacher. And they're waiting patiently to hear the message from you. They have their life transformed by you. So when the discouragement committee shows up and tells you that there are already too many people teaching feng shui or writing books on the power of, um, you know, owning your power or other people, uh, you know, teaching whatever it is, just know that if the idea came to you, even if there are a thousand people who have written books on success or talk about how to create success, there are people who are waiting to hear the message from you. And that's what I had to keep telling myself when I looked around and I was discouraged because it's like, well, people know about the law of attraction. They know you have to have gratitude. They know that you have to speak positively, which is what I taught back, you know, almost 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. But there are people still waiting to hear the message. Absolutely. Me. Absolutely. Because for every person who's heard the message, there are hundreds, thousands, maybe even millions of people who've not yet heard the message. Well, Deborah, I'm so sorry to say it, but we've come to the end of our time together. It has been a wonderful hour I've spent with you. If our audience would like to get in touch with you, learn more about you, where can they go? Well, they can go on my my website, which is needs a little spiffing off, but it's okay. I actually have a free ebook that oh, wonderful. can go yes to success.com, Y E S T O success, yes to success.com. And there's a free ebook that I wrote on the five secrets to creating true and lasting success. I think it's a great ebook. So that would be where they would go. Wonderful. And we'll post that uh we'll post that with the podcast on the website and I'll I'll put it in the uh Facebook live stream. Deborah, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on my show today. I really appreciate it. And thank you for your contribution and awake awakening humanity. I'm glad that God whispered to you to become the conscious consultant because you are rocking the world and, and I just adore you. Uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And, and yes, uh, th- there's a lot for us to, uh, to work on together and to help spread the word. Right. So thank you. And thank you to my loyal listeners, to the people who, who tuned in today and are listening, even on the recording or the podcast, whether you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play, um, on any of the platforms. Thank you. Please, if you like a show, you like... Uh, Deborah's interview. Please share it with your friends. Please share it with other people. Help us to get the word out there so more people can be touched by these, these same words. So thank you all for tuning in. Thank you, Deborah. And we will talk to you next week. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, the Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, 
on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Do you like comic books and movies? How about TV and pop culture? Then you've come to the right place. Hi, I'm Michael Dolce, host of Secrets of the Sire. Joined every week by my co-host, Hassan, Lord of the Radio Godwin. Together, we have over 15 years' experience creating graphic novels, screenplays, and more. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc. The best designs for your life start at home. I'm David Thiergartner, interior designer and host of At Home. Listen live Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as we talk to the very best professionals about interior design and the design that's all around us right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network, 